So therefore, be proud to be a decent American rather than be just a wanker whipping up fear. Because you're supposed to tackle people, you're supposed to hit people at pace and hit them hard as part of the game. It's not chess we're playing. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double tap does what the f- he wants. Hello everybody and welcome along to WTS 113-113. Incredible carry on. It says 112. No, no, definitely 113. Sorry, apologies. Clear your ears, mate. Clear your ears. My name is Danny Murray. I'm Dan Merrigan. And we're coming to you from Fitzpatrick Castle Hotel in the beautiful suburbs of South Dublin, Cloyne, downtown metropolis that it is. Unbelievable out here. Even when there is wind, rain and all that crack. Hurricane warnings on the west coast. Sunshine on the Cloyne coast. Yes. Love it. Pretty, yeah. It's, it's, it's actually quite mild. Yeah, it's uh, just balmy. Balmy, yeah. I'm, I'm getting sweaty in places I shouldn't be getting sweaty. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, easy to happen, though, when you're the size of a hippo that's just come out of surgery. So, you know? <laughs> <laughs> nevertheless, nevertheless, uh, yeah, check out FitzpatrickCastle.com for more. Merrow, yes, as you do a little strip tease for us. Who have we got on the podcast tonight? We have former League of Ireland legend and RT pundit, the one and only Miel May Al Colley. How are you, Al? I'm good, Graham. Thanks for having me. I'm no Danny. Now, cheers for coming into us, man. Not um, a bother. Busy man, Al. I am a busy man, Graham, yeah, but busy is good and that's the way I like it, but all busy with things that I love, so yeah. is that really busy? <laughs> you can't really argue no. when you're doing something that you love, it's not really busy, is it? It's definitely it. not busy, no. No, it's, it's pure love and passion. How, how are you getting on with it? All the punditry and... I, I absolutely love it now. I, I'm sure people can guess that anyway from yeah. me, but uh, I did genuinely love it. I always had a like, liking for it anyway, mm. and towards the end of when I was finishing up playing, or even throughout, if anyone rang me for interviews or anything like that, I was fairly open and always accessible and available, and yeah. I liked that side as well. Some players shy away from that. Um, I never did, and it was always something I had an eye on then of maybe possibly getting involved in when I did finish up, but the way it's worked out and how well it's gone and... Um, I probably didn't envisage that but uh, it's been absolutely brilliant and I suppose I'm grateful for all the opportunities that I've had and I'd like to think I, I do an okay job at it as well I take it seriously and put work into it and research and notes and go to matches and do everything that you can do and uh, and I love it yeah the love of the beautiful game well you're working the, the love of the beautiful game was there ever since I was a kid so I don't think that'll ever leave yeah um, and to be working in it I suppose playing wise for so long and now to be working in it um, in the capacity that we're doing and going to matches and analysing matches and as um, and I as, love it as the rugby fan in the room I feel obliged you're still a ask. football fan as well oh, yeah I am but like, I just feel obliged to ask is it still the beautiful game yeah or are we like you know what I mean well what, what would you base that on I think that's a fair question from you Danny and even though I'm a big fan as, we, as we're putting it the beautiful game and of soccer in general I'm mm. a sports fan also yeah. Um, a big sports fan. You love tennis, don't you? Snooker. Snooker. Snooker's my number one. Snooker is is number actually, one. Well, it's close with the football. Yeah, you went to crucible recently, didn't first you? First love snooker. Yeah. Jesus. When I was growing up as a kid, my dad used to run a, a little snooker hall in Sligo Town, and I was mitching off school and Dawson <laughs> off school, and as you do, and uh, I lived in it every weekend. The first year I ever got picked for Ireland, I wasn't even playing football. It was under fourteen, the Irish team. 
and I was working in a little shop called John Kent's on a Saturday afternoon. I used to get 20 quid. I used to go home that evening as if I was loaded and I used to just <laughs> live in the snooker hall Friday, Saturday and Sunday. There was, wasn't it? Like, especially around the time uh, Ken Doherty won the, the yeah. championship snooker. And, and I've and become friendly with Ken and I've been over to the Crucible two or three times with him and he's an absolute gent. Love it. Um, and I've brought my dad over two, two years and his pal. And if anyone listening or yourselves, lads, if you ever yeah. get the opportunity to go, it's amazing. Really? Yeah. I can't speak highly enough for the Crucible. It's absolutely... Now, I'm a snooker fan and a lover anyway, yeah. so I'm a little bit biased, but just in terms of a sporting event... Yeah. Telly does it no justice to be there is just incredible really See, yeah it's amazing See, it's weird. I, I can get how that happens because I love Formula 1 and people are like it's just cars driving in circles and all and in the snooker I know some people complain about it being dull but it's not the, when you're there the event itself same, the Formula 1 like it turns into a party like it's like yeah. You know what I mean? so I can imagine the crack at well I appreciate the them like, for how good they are as well and, well, yeah, yeah, and then you're saying. seeing them making the ball talk and yeah. I've been up. I went up to practice with Ken as well a couple of times, and oh, he had two one four sevens in eleven frames. It's just Jesus. obscene. It was What's, amazing. What would your highest break be? When I was playing, because I would have been playing a lot when I was yeah. a kid. The highest break I ever had was fifty three. I was only around eleven or twelve. I was taking every shot with the rest because <laughs> you, so, you couldn't reach the table now. Yeah. But I used to live in the place like that was playing constantly yeah. all weekend during the week. If you got the chance, any any chance you got, like. Did you ever try and compete at a, at a place they were? No, because what happened then was, um, as I say, I, was, I got picked for the Irish team under 14, it was the first year. And then I started to realise. Like, you're, you're good at football. I'm okay at football. So, <laughs> so football footballers are so modest. Yeah. You never admit, yeah, I was grand. Yeah, I was, yeah. I know, I was, you went to Leeds United for Jesus. Yeah, I was, when I was young, I suppose, I was, I was half decent. And I went and... It was time then to realise like the football and the opportunities that were coming there. Yeah. Um, playing under 15, 16, the Irish team. And then, as I say, I went to Leeds. So the snooker took a... I never actually... I would have loved to have kind of pursued down, it yeah. in some capacity just to see how far... It's all practice, though. Yeah. Mm. I had a bit of ability, but um, it's all practice with snooker. But such a brilliant game. I can't... Honestly, you're probably surprised I'm raving about it so much here, but I absolutely love snooker. Now, you see... Uh, I knew yeah, you like, liked it, but I didn't. Yeah, oh, I, I love it. I've been over. See, I, when I lived in Sheffield, then that was the first opportunity I got to go to the Crucible. Mm. And we were lucky enough, one of the lads that was with the first team got us tickets, but they were backstage, so we were literally sitting on the table practically. Where the, you know the curtain, the red curtain where the players come out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, there's media seats just to the left and right there, and we were sitting there. And sure, I loved it before, I just fell in love with the place after that. And then through becoming friends with Ken and different things, I've been over and back couple of times with him and the same kind of thing he's looked after so well by the way Ken Doherty's an absolute gentleman he's, yeah. he's just See, a legend an Irish legend this, this is the thing as well this is a part of where like we still do like football and all that but like I think when anybody speaks through any kind of sport passionately like and you can tell obviously you've got like a real over snooker and all that that's where I think it starts to come back into its own. Sometimes what's going on in the pitch for me is a lot of shit. Like, yeah. if I'm, like, I hear you, and and even with me, with the love that I have for the football, the money now is really ah, oh, like stop, it's, man. It's, it's, your stomach, it's pretty like. upsetting for me. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I I just think it's obscene what's going on ah. with money. And 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 I grew up at a time when I was, I suppose, I was a big Man United fan, and Roy Keane and Beckham and Scholes and that kind of era, and the the rivalries with Arsenal and Vieira and all this stuff mm. and, and I love the way Ferguson used to manage them and the passion he had and all and I just don't see any of that anymore like it's yeah. just it's gone it's just gone it's I'm not just football like. now and there's 
give me it's the League of Ireland now. Like I, I focus more on the League of Ireland, obviously because of me the job as well, but because I love the League of Ireland more, mm. and it just seems a bit more real and the Modest. lads are yeah. And, mm. Seem like this is good lads playing football. I look at fellas like getting 150, 60 grand a week and do they really give a shite? Yeah, exactly. Well, there, was, there was a great moment uh, at the Galway and Sean McRover's match last Friday down Terryland Park where you know the Rovers fan Justin Mason. Mm. Justin Stagg was on. Oh, I've seen a couple of photos, yeah. Yeah, Brilliant. and he was dressed up in a dress and makeup. And after the game, Stephen Bradley, the Rovers manager, and Gary Shaw, the striker, came over and took photos with him, with him <laughs> on, just at the side of the pitch. And I was just thinking now, geez, you wouldn't get Mourinho doing that. <laughs> well, wouldn't you? The United fans and their Mourinho stag, Pogba over there. Pogba <laughs> get, <laughs> getting selfies with one of their fans dressed up and in a stag. Pogba, boy. Pogba loves an old selfie and a dad, yeah, doesn't even he? That, even him. See him. Don't even get me started. He annoys the life out <laughs> of me. Just because of all the carry on out of him. Every time I flick on Instagram and he's there shooting videos with a yellow haircut and shaved down one side and long the neck other side and all and I was fond of a haircut myself growing <laughs> up I was, I was just <laughs> but I never went to the extremes that he's going to. it just annoys me just, just go out and play will you never mind yeah. all the other carry on I love watching him play oh, I don't like him Graham do you not give me Keane any day ah yeah Keane's ah, yeah, like I know it's different now but and he, and he, he does have loads I think he does lose I think we'll get better Loads. Yeah, he loses the ball a lot, but there's something about him that I just like watching him play. I don't know. I'm not mad at Give me Modric or Cruz in the modern day any day. I'd watch mm. them all day. Mkhitaryan's something else these days as well, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. but he, he's, he, he flatters to deceive, I think, at times as well. I wouldn't be. I don't think he's hit the heights yet as maybe what we've seen with Bruce Dortmund. And in fairness mm. to him, it's tough coming in the first year. So this is year maybe. And so far, he's had a decent enough start in the two games. And Pogba has been much better in the two games as well. Yeah. Albeit against garbage opposition like yeah. people are getting carried away with United I think they've been really good don't get me wrong uh, and it's a million times better than what we've seen the last two or three years yeah. but I'd still hold fire on talking them up to win a league or champions I, like you look at Madrid and as I say Modric and Cruz and these boys and um, I'd still think United are a million miles mm. off do you still that. follow United? yeah yeah not to the, not to the, I don't have the same love. You know, as what, the emotional attachment. No, I'd watch any team now. When I was growing up as a kid, if United scored, I'd be jumping around the house and you'd be yeah. roaring, yeah. shouting and cheering. There's none of that now. I watch a match and if Chelsea are brilliant, I'd be the first to say they're brilliant. Man City, I admire hugely because I love Guardiola. Yeah. Um, so you're being a pundit on the couch as well. Yeah, and it's funny, Graham, right? You might laugh at this, right? And this goes for all the sports because I say I watch everything. My poor wife now, but I literally watch everything. <laughs> um, but... I'm more interested now in the in the talking beforehand, half time and after the match than actually the match. <laughs> oh, you're a man after my own heart. Yeah. Sometimes I'm telling you now, there's times where like during the match I'd be on the phone, like scrolling through Twitter and that kind of thing and then but when it comes to the half time analysis yeah. and all that. And I and I and I include all sports in that. Like yeah. I'm a big fan of cricket too, and I think Sky Sports cricket analysis and pundits are I think they're way ahead of anything in any other sport, they're brilliant. Yeah. Um, and the chats and the discussions to having the, the analysis and the depth to go into uh, the detail and all that I love all that and, and that's basically I'm, you're, you're trying to learn and watch what goes yeah. on and, uh, and that's the reason why I, I nearly love the chats now more so than who, who would you look up to for punditry I love Carragher and Neville yeah. when, I was, when I was a kid it was all it was Hanson I used to love Alan Hanson he was probably the number one um, I never really got into the Andy Gray Richard Keyes thing. I wasn't mad on mm. Andy Gray at all. What is it that uh, that Neville and Carragher? That, what have, what have they brought? Like, they, is it just their honesty, or I think it, I think it's a little bit it's that refreshing thing. And because it's different to what you were getting with Andy Gray and, and Richard Keyes on Monday Night Football, like I think 
Neville in particular, I think he breaks stuff down so well. Yeah, they've oh, brought yeah. it to a whole different level. Yeah, yeah, big time. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm such a fan. And funny, the Monday night football stuff. Now the Monday night just gone. The game was really good, City and everything. But there's nights there it's on, and I'd nearly prefer to let the lads chaffer three hours yeah. to watch a match, and yeah. I'd be glued to it. It's like <laughs> honestly, I'd be glued. But the other side but of it there as well has, is there hasn't been like there was nobody else like them before. I don't. But think. I was going to say that's it. When you look at the ex-pros who have gone to that kind of thing. And you see, I mean, look, look now, now the spectrum, I know it's not, like, I couldn't do it, but and you see Jamie Redknapp and Michael Owen talking about things, and there's times where you want to, you know what I mean, just throw your head through yeah. the Some of them like, are poor. I find the same. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you, I watch Sky, BT, some of them are really poor, like, yeah. dreadful almost. BBC, Shearer's brutal. Yeah, I th- and they're, they're, fan, yeah, yeah, some of them are really poor, but Neville and Carragher definitely, I think, by all accounts, Carragher's a... Mm. complete anorak like he sits and watches everything yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you yeah. can see that coming out in him the passion and he loves it as well and Neville's the same and I think as you said Danny the, the, the level he goes into Neville and, mm. did you, and, and they're honest like there was a little debate and discussion the other night about Carragher was given out about Calvert-Lewin for going down so easy um, and be, for the Kyle Walker sending off yeah. and he was having a go at him saying he more or less got, his, got your man sent off I, I didn't really look at it that way. I thought the referee was poor. Like, the referee yeah. was. Dreadful. It looked like the Ford official made that decision. Yeah, but Just yeah, yeah. It was Michael Oliver. Oh, Michael Oliver. But Neville jumped in, and Neville said, "Look, we." He says, "I'd be clapping him on the back because we've all tried to get players sent off." Yeah, and was that, having yeah. none of it. Carrick was in. And he goes, "You caught me." He says, "Of course we did. Everyone did." And sure, yeah. I know. And there's games I played, and if you get touched, you go down, and all that kind of stuff. People yeah. think now, oh, like, but when you hear a footballer's perspective on it. Mm. I was in dressing rooms where if you didn't go down if you were clipped in the box and didn't go down and you were trying to be too honest manager would have you up by the throat the half time why did he go down all the players would as well like, really that's what goes on like, and in mm. fairness I think Neville says that and he doesn't try to hide it or yeah, yeah. and Carragher to a point but I, but I just think they're just and they're very good together mm. they bounce off each other that, that's important too there, there's a relationship with them and there's a respect and there's a bit of crack and um, to do their work but there's also just a bit like Danny and Graham. Yeah. <laughs> there's a relationship and they bounce off each other and there's a bit of crack. <laughs> a little bit. That's the, the Neville well, that and Carragher podcast. That's and, yeah, that's that really it. does matter. Yeah. The stuff I do with Hugh on Game On, um, I find out with Hugh. Like, I get on unbelievably well with Hugh and we have great crack and a great relationship and we get on great and have the crack and know when to be serious and know when to be slagging yeah. and... Yeah. And there's that mutual respect, and you need that as well. So you can't buy chemistry, man. No. Can't buy chemistry. And that's, that's exactly it with Neville and Carragher. As much as all the football side of things is brilliant as well, yeah, they get on brilliant, and you can see that with them. Did you see last week Carragher Car- uh, and Redknapp were having a dis- heated discussion about how crap Liverpool <laughs> were? And I loved Carragher's pas- passion because that'd be like me now it's giving out to the lads Slide Rovers, and because obviously I'm a Slide Rovers fan, yeah. and you're getting stuck in and. Redknapp's face he looked at him like he didn't have a clue why he was on it <laughs> didn't he he looked lost <laughs> he looked completely lost at the point he was trying it was so clear like, yeah. and he was like he just looked in a daze <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> he was trying to make the point that it was about Firmino being because they marked zonally mm. and it was the mistake against Watford and Firmino was in that little kind of space just in front of the goalkeeper and Redknapp was trying to say that you need a leader there and you need a fellow to come and head the ball and Carragher was trying to make the point even if Van Dyke was there because that was the big talking yeah, point that they were yeah. about to sign him even if he was there he would have been doing the job that maybe Lovren or Matic, was, Mat, uh, Matic were doing because they're the big centre halves so he might not have been in that position anyway yeah. but he was trying to get and he was more or less saying like, even if he was there that might not fix it or it still won't fix it and Redknapp, but, but he, he's big and it would bring leadership and <laughs> 
they're just classy. brilliant characters. Yeah, they're brilliant. Where do you think it's all gone wrong for Liverpool? Uh, I'd worry about. I I like Klopp, but he's too happy, clappy for me. And there's there's too much laughing and joking and high fiving and hugging and kissing and all this carry on out of him. Like and and what the reason I say that I'm all for. Like I suppose if you speak to the players and you look at the relationship, he, he must be a good man manager because they all seem to like him and want to play from him. But how much substance is there with him? That's what I'd love to know because you look at the the season they had last year, and I was sure this was the year that they would go out and make a statement and maybe try sign. Uh, try and sign three or four this year yeah mm, yeah, yeah. I thought they might have done it last year as well and they were pouring the transfer market and this year I thought definitely they'd go out and sign two or three players really good established names like you know to strengthen the team what they need and obviously we've all seen in the transfer window how poor they've been but the biggest the most worrying thing for me Graham you look at them in the mistakes they made against Watford and everybody knew yeah. how poor they were from set pieces last year so yeah. surely you're trying to address that in the close season and the off season and the only way you address that is work like repetitiveness and going over and over and over and I sometimes look at them and think what are they doing in training because yeah. he's all about the attack of football and the pressure the high pressure and the pressing and all and don't get me wrong I'm all for that as well but there's another part of the game yeah. and if you're shipping goals left right and centre from the same mistakes week in week out surely you have to start asking some questions I, I thought that uh, I thought that exact point of the Watford game because they had a pre-season and then I looked at the starting eleven, and Alberto Moreno was starting. And there you go. Like, like everybody knew he hell? was how poor he was last year. Yeah. So surely you're thinking... What did he do in the summer? What exactly. did he do in the friendly? And they just signed a fella for £10 million and you're starting Moreno ahead of him. Yeah, and Robertson then, was it? And Robertson just played at the weekend and he got man of the match. So there's Moreno gone. Well, so what what well he should have been gone. Like Everybody knew how poor he was a one year of, ago. One of my Liverpool mates said that uh, he reckoned it was to get, to get Moreno in the shop window. To play him for the first it's, game novel, game. it's an awful small window then, you know I mean? You're trying to push something through with what, three weeks he ago? Was hoping to imp- he was hoping that Mourinho would press, uh, impress and have someone... That is absolute nonsense. If you're starting the season playing, one, playing the worst full-back you have at the club for that reason, yeah. with, the, with the chances that he might let in two goals or, or be the cause of two goals for you. Yeah. Ship him out on loan if you're not going to sell him. If Absolutely, you're worried about not ship him out on loan, you know? Somebody yeah. will take a risk on And that Robertson looks like, looks like a decent player. To yeah, certain. he does. Yeah. Um, um, go on. I was going to say we'll, we'll kick to the League of Ireland before we do. I just want to very briefly ask both of your opinions on uh, during the week the the Russian fancy bears struck again, and a uh, couple that, of yeah. couple of footballers were therapeutic use exemptions. What, what do you make of it? Like, is a is it going on a hell of a lot more? Like, like I'm of the belief anyway that like. At this stage, there's there's no such thing as a clean sport, really. Like you know what I mean. And um, I'm not surprised to see something like this come out. But I'd be interested just to see where where other people are kind of add on it. You know what I mean? I'm not surprised either. I'm surprised it's it's only come out now. Like mm. how I just wonder in different sports it comes out like what players or what competitors are on these uh, therapeutic yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost announced like, it's yeah. almost announced after the tournament or prior to the tournament or whatever this is this was from the World Cup in 2010, 2010. Yeah. and Dirk I think the findings though of the report that's all that really has come out mm. no not saying that that's good like but yeah no it didn't seem there hasn't been much else yeah. but you, you would yeah like we all love to think everything's like we had David Killick in the studio a couple of weeks ago about the athletic stuff mm. I don't think the football is to that extent of of what's going on 
maybe in the athletics world or certainly the cycling world. Yeah, no, I'd agree and with that. And in fairness to David yeah. as well, he, we were asking him and he'd be on the inside. And I even asked him, was he ever approached about stuff? And he says, no, never. And he was in a training camp where there was two other lads done for it. Wow. Mm. Uh, but he says he was never. And I often find this, hear, hear this argument and it's, it only crops up like maybe when the World Championships are on or the Olympics, like obviously last week, the, the athletics or whatever, yeah. there's a big event on. And yet anyone who is not really into it but they might have a passing interest in it. There might be a race that they watch. or whatever. 100 metres. Whatever, yeah. And, and everyone's, oh, they're all at it. Yeah. And it's such a generic statement and lazy statement when you don't really know what's going on. So I, I put that to David and he says, no, absolutely, that's, that's not the case at all. As much as people seem to think and that's the perception from the outside. Mm. I don't think it is. But even your sport, Danny, you're a rugby man, are you? Yeah, yeah. I that, think there's question marks about the rugby. Oh, there is 100%. Not just, like even professional rugby is one thing, but I mean... Even at amateur level, at school level in particular, like a hundred percent, the question mark has been there for a long time. And I'm sure the football's no no different. There has to be, like, there has to be probably question marks definitely, and 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 maybe that's just the opening of the the first can of worms. Really, I don't find the whole. um, I can't buy the Leicester City story. Really, I can't buy it. (laughs) But but I can't buy Jamie Vardy. So is he one of these? <laughs> no, I, I, I just don't buy the Leicester City. Well, I never did. I thought yeah. and when they were watching them and people, I had I, I literally wrote them off every week until they lifted. The <laughs> <laughs> and even when they lifted it, I'm still writing them off. <laughs> and even now we're still writing. <laughs> yeah, them off. exactly. So, I, I just, but it was a dreadful league, Graham. You think you'll never ever? Will you never see that ever done again? No, no a club like no, Leicester ever, no. and especially now with the money that's involved. But, but even he, the money that's been involved the last ten years, I never thought that was possible. I always thought it's your top six, or yeah. and that's it. You'll never see a Watford or a Leicester or a um, mm. West no, Brom winning the league, yeah. one of the lesser lights. But for that to happen, I, it was just unbelievable. Yeah. But there was a, there was a couple of articles I read about Ranieri as well, and the clubs he's been in charge with in Italy, and there was just a bit of yeah, a bit of. Stuff that just I really liked him. I thought he was really dignified. I, I think he's a great character, but I, lo- I think the, the fitness guys and the backroom staff he brings in. See, the thing is, and this is where I suppose the whole romantic element comes into it, especially with Ranieri. Like, I've always loved him. Like, he's. Yeah. I felt sorry like, for him when Chelsea. Yeah, gave him I, I, yeah, but I mean, like, even the whole thing of like after each match, he'd ring his ma. And have a chat with her, and she's in her like 80s or 90s. Like or something Ryan, like that. when he wins a race, he's straight <laughs> on the phone. <laughs> and he's, I, uh, yeah. Asher, look, thanks a million, man. Thanks a million, man. Look, it's great. I mean, Jerry's mad. No, Duffer. She loved Duffer. She loved Damien Duff, yeah. She always got clever. Why misses that? Because now she hates football, but. She's no, done well, so didn't yeah, she? She's no interest, <laughs> Jesus no, Christ! Oh, she's no interest in football whatsoever. Like, and I'm watching. Like, she used to fight it, like to be murder in the early days. She just accepted now. Like, oh, all the fights gone out of her, I think. You know? <laughs> and she just accepts it now that I just have to watch everything. But um, she, I remember around the Chelsea time in her Neary and the Tinker Man, yeah, like, yeah. getting all the stick. And she used to be sitting in the room and hear this stuff going on, and she'd be like, "Ah, the the, the old grandman or grandfather type." She, that's what she used to call him, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah. you, you look at him and it was amazing what he done. I thought he got traded shabbily by Leicester in the end as well. Mm. But but then the results after him. But the league as well, yeah, the results after. But the, league, the league as well, Graham. Um, you'll never have that again where you have the five or six top boys. No, no not a chance. You might have one or two not playing at the level. Yeah. The five or six were rubbish that year. But see, they, they scored a lot of their goals as well the last 20, 25 minutes of a match. Where You're really harping ah, on this, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I, I just can't... I just, <laughs> I now Mares, I, I, I have great time for him. He's a great player. Mm. Kante was amazing too. 
Yeah, yeah Kante, Kante was, was yeah. good. But then, if you're relating it to the stuff you're relating it to, <laughs> yeah. and you look at him running around like a blue arse fly all night. <laughs> for Chelsea? Yeah. He's a great player. I was though. watching him the weekend. He just His never stops levels. for the 90 you, minutes. You're, ba- you're basically hoping that there's an Icarus 2 documentary. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. It's, and it's Leicester. Did you watch Icarus? <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. No. Oh, oh man. Uh, I heard it's brilliant, is it? It's it mind blown. Unbelievable. Anybody who's listening who has not watched it, it's on Netflix, lads. When the second this podcast is over. I have no right? Netflix. I don't have it. Ah, sport. Yeah, well. It's yeah. mind blown though. Find a way. Find a way. I heard it. Yeah, I've, I've oh, man. The boys on Off the Ball uh, interviewed Don Kaplan. Did they? Yeah. Interesting. From it. I, I must, listened to it the other day. Yeah, I must check that so out. So they interviewed Fogel and mm. Don. Is it Don Kaplan? The one of the testers. The yeah. ball had a fella. Yeah. The You're man from him. USADA or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah. your really point even about sport and Hughes of a similar opinion mm. to you uh, on Game On. It's hard to be think they're all clean as in all the sports nowadays and, yeah. and it's horrible because we all grew up with the as you said the romanticism and the mm. love and the passion and, and you yeah. look at some of them now and think is he really that fast and yeah. is she really good on that bike well, that's whatever it, yeah. you know and so, it's cycle, cycling athletics I think have given everybody a drop of cynicism but then like I suppose even in, in recent years people like myself and Graham have got mad into the MMA as well like and when we're not poking the head off each other in between podcasts, like we're watching it, and <laughs> are you big the, MMA? Yeah, yeah. yeah, right, ah, let, yeah me, like, let me start asking the questions now for five minutes. Right, go, go for it, yeah. Saturday night. Ah, yeah. So, an MMA fans, not yeah. boxing. Well, oh, so, <laughs> not circus. Are you into this? Circus are you in, is it? A, it let it's me, a shit right. show. I can't wait till it's over. Okay, mm, brilliant. Because yeah. that was one of the questions. Yeah. Is but, it a farce or is this the real thing? I don't think it's a real thing. I, my opinion with it is I'm going to watch it and I would say 90% of it is going to be curiosity and 10% of it is going to be hoping that McGregor somehow knocks him out. That's okay. where and I'm are you big it. McGregor fans, yeah? I, yeah, look, I mean, we've, yeah, gone, we've, we've gone to Vegas. We've gone really? to Vegas yeah. to watch him yeah. that. Yeah, like, um, What's that experience like? Unbelievable. Madness. Absolutely we went madness. To, like. We went to this first Vegas fight against Dustin Poirier. I've never experienced that in life. Seriously, yeah? Ah, was, she knocked him out in a couple, a round or two. Ah, the first round, yeah. yeah. But like, yeah. they just love him. Oh yeah, and yeah. is it full of Irish or is that American yeah. as well? No, well it's it's both. But it's all like, J ones as well, isn't it? Yeah, the Irish traveling like is Just like everywhere. Like it's it's mad. But the America, it's, he's like they they love him in America. Don't they've they? taken yeah. to him big time. Yeah, I think the Russians have taken to him big time as well. That's why he wants to fight Nurmagomedov. Uh, yeah, Khabib yeah. Nurmagomedov. Yeah, like the, like I just can't get into it at all. I, I've watched all mm. the fights, and he's a fascinating character for yeah. me. But the sport. The sport and all, I don't particularly like it. Like, but yeah. he's not fighting the other. Some of the other fights I've watched, you know, on the mm. undercard and mm. oh, some. And that's that's it. Know? Like, and it's it's not for everybody. But I, I suppose my whole thing with it is, you know, we don't have a discussion about kind of people climbing Everest, and you know, people aren't into that. But there's no debate in the media about it, even though people die every year. And I know people talk about the gruesome level of MMA, but. If it's not for you, it's not for you. Well, yeah, that's and, and don't, like, but in terms of him and his ability and his physical conditioning and all, like, mm. I admire him greatly for all that because he's an, he's obviously an unbelievable athlete. Yeah, and and in some ways he's entertaining with the with the trash talking as well. I just think he takes it, and st- certainly these press conferences, I have yeah, to say, he goes too far. Sometimes. He went too far. Yeah, and there's some of his put downs that are really funny and hilarious without being really nasty and and, yeah. and stepping over the line. And you just think he's obviously a clever fella. He's very witty. So you can put them down without going too far. Just be yourself. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. there was a couple of hilarious ones, like the school bag and all that crap. <laughs> yeah. And they're in stitches, you know. And, but then he just goes too far. like you know. That's it, I think. And it's something we've said before. Well, I've said before. I don't know. Sometimes you're not as quick to criticise as I am with McGregor. <laughs> but like, I think sometimes there's a, an element of naivety almost where 
like he knows he's trying to do the showman thing, but then he'll say something and expect it to pop. He's already the showman just with his presence. Nearly, he doesn't. Yeah. He's he's gone past having to sell it. I think yeah. he's already mm. sold it. Yeah. And yet he done an interview. I remember the RT Sports Awards. He he won the award. Was that last year or the last year? Last year, yeah. yeah. I didn't like that interview. Did you not? I wasn't mad on it. Well, I, when they flew out, the yeah. artist, what was her name? Was it Claire McNamara? Yeah, Claire McNamara flew out. I thought out it was really good because it was a different side of him. Yeah. There was it, elements of it, but I think he then started saying, uh, she said, what's your next goal? And he's like, I want to run boxing. I just got a bit cringy. Well, he's not far off doing it, though. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's the fantasy part that I'm, the, rom- the romantic side of it that I'm falling for, is that how the hell has someone that has never had a professional boxing bout mm. Getting the fight Floyd Mayweather yeah, crazy. How has that happened He's like? basically Man. done The whole lot of He's just talked his way Into over a hundred billion dollars And that's the part Now to go, go I suppose Getting to the fight thing Yeah That's the part That I think There's a bit I'm, I'm a little bit Skeptical about the whole How real this is Oh really? Yeah Are you suggesting There's a bit of, of WWF about it For me I think Jeez alright then Really? Yeah, of, yeah. and I've watched all the bit, and I watched the program last night. And I read there the is of course a part, a part of WWE um, from the press conferences and stuff. Yeah, like it, it like the, the parts that me and Danny loved. That I didn't really, I didn't like those pre- pre- press conferences particularly. The, the, the Toronto and, and one, Mayweather was a joke as well. In no, the, the Toronto one, I found quite entertaining, and the bits that I found entertaining were very WWE esque. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, talking back to Floyd Mayweather, that that those elements I enjoyed, but the other elements like the Brooklyn one I didn't even watch. Okay, the state yeah. of Connor in the Brooklyn. Yeah, one. I watched the four of them, but I and, and see, and that's what I mean. Here I am saying I don't really like this. They don't really like that, but yet I've watched them but, all. Yeah, I watched but, all, I've watched all his fights. I watched mm. Saturday night. As uh, far as far as the the fight goes, though, it's it's legit. Like. Yeah, absolutely. Is yeah, it? Yeah, oh, I, I the, so. yeah. Is I like it's the ratified man. by the. New no, but I know it's ratified. Las but, Vegas. But is it ratified thing. between them two? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Well, yeah. Well, look, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I suppose. Look, is that? And, We've all been deceived then. Yeah, I mean. Well, I, well, I, I just don't like. Does Mayweather have the same hatred or like what? Well, not even hatred. Is he going into the ring desperate to punch the head off Conor McGregor? And is McGregor going in the exact same? I don't think any boxers are combat no. artists there. I, I think the thing with, with Mayweather is he has way more to lose than McGregor does. Mm. And I think that... Jamal and Aji is getting in on the act trying, well, to, trying to worm trying to get, a fight for absolutely. himself. Exactly, yeah. You know what I mean? That, I don't want to see Conor boxing. I'm sick of that Polly Mal and fell already. <sighs> He's off the he ball. I love him. He seems to be everywhere all week. Yeah. I, he popped up last night at the thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to the there's point. loads of memes like, hey, your psycho ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Just I've, looking at that. I've got to the point where beforehand I was kind of hearing him out a little bit and I could see some because... I was hearing him out at the start. In fairness, I kind of think... and. And it's a criticism of McGregor I have is that he he does look to control the narrative. I mean, he, he releases everything through what is essentially a propaganda website, the Mac Life. Um, you know what I mean? Like there was an element of kind of Q humorism and releasing certain photos yeah. and releasing certain. He's obviously got stung Malinaji. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then Paulie starts, and he's still three weeks later going on and on. It's like, all right, you're coming across bitter, man. Yeah, just is, you yeah. know, just let he's it go. Like, but the thing, the thing yeah. I have to question that I started the question this week. Now, when this pod goes out, it's all said and done. Yeah, exactly. Okay, we'll but, a prediction. But <laughs> now, this this is the thing though. With Connor not having a professional record or never having a fight. Should it just be an exhibition? No, because if you say exhibition, that opens up a whole new level That's like of a the fix. Yeah, that that opens it up. If in order to avoid people suspecting a fix or suspecting sort of shenanigans going on, 
you have to make people believe it's a full-blooded, absolute war. Like, but you know the way he wants to get to the fifty and oh, yeah. Like, would people look at the fifty and say, "Well, well, well there's an argument, Graham, that this could be his hardest fight ever. Not ever, but his hardest fight in that he'll have never faced anything like yeah McGregor before. Yeah, yeah. like it's 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 madness. The entire thing is madness. Like <laughs> it, it if McGregor, if but McGregor somehow stops him. I remember having chats about this with you we going back 18 months ago nearly 12 months and it was a laugh oh that'll never happen and I said to you I said I'm telling you now this will happen I said it from day one <laughs> I was in Hughes I said the same as you I said yeah. 100% I said the money that's on offer and the money that's on the table here with these fellas this is happening yeah. oh no it'll never happen it'll never happen so I'm not surprised that it's happened at yeah. all in the slightest oh yeah to, to, to change I just think it's the world we're living in as well we're to change in a mad world we'll have to change tactics I was going to say I was going to say to change pace a bit but stick Le- to big money stuff John Delaney the League of Ireland well actually yeah John Delaney did you see what he said this week I actually didn't no he um, he was saying that there was merit to Bray Wanderers um, owners wanting to sell the Carlisle grounds to redevelop it to open a new academy um, despite the owners of Bray Wanderers not owning the Carlisle Grounds. Yeah. The Carlisle Grounds is owned by the Wicklow County Council. Whole, what a cabbage. The whole Bray I, thing's a bit mad, isn't it? What yeah, did well, you think of the Bray Wanderers whole just, press? I thought it was embarrassing. It was actually highly embarrassing. And I played at Bray and had two great years out there mm. with a great little homely, warm, welcoming club um, with good people and good staff. And I've gone out since now to watch matches. And it's just the complete opposite yeah. of what it was. What and it's quite sad because I've great time for Harry and I think he's done a great job as well and there's say. obviously good players out there as well um, and I felt sorry for him throughout the whole thing as well and the players but it was just farcical and, and the problem I had with it is all grim whatever it's one thing to think it was bad for Bray and Bradford, bad for the players and don't get me wrong it was completely but it was bad for the whole league everybody was, becomes a laughing stock when they start coming out with statements like that and the whole credibility of the league because what happens with people, as I said something about the athletics, just people have a perception, whether they're involved in it or not. People have a perception in the League of Ireland that on the outside who have no interest in it or no, uh, and they'll jump on this stuff straight away and they'll ask you, look at it, and I tell you about the league. That's, it's Mickey Mouse, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And that fed into all that negativity that people have about the league, which was annoying for, for me as a, as a lover of it. But my, my, my friends that don't follow the League of Ireland were texting the group WhatsApps and whatever. They were saying, this is the best bit of... Uh, this is the best bit of PR the League of Ireland's ever got no. and stuff like that. No, and 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 the people that got PR for all the wrong reasons. That's yeah. what I believed as well. It, it was it was Absolutely. like Trump. It was like Trump. Laughing at it, laughing at it. North Korea. I was gonna say like I'm I'm not a huge follower. Like I'm not a huge follower of football or, or, anymore at all. But like League of Ireland, most of my League of Ireland updates I get through you. Mm. Um, and then have you ever gone to a game? I've gone to a couple. The last one I went actually was uh, not last season, season before, and it was a Bray game. Um, I can't remember who they were playing, but they won two nothing. That's all I remember. And um, is it from day one you've always grown up as rugby? Yeah. No, no, jeez, no. I played football as a kid and everything, but I just kind of like what we were touching on earlier. Just that whole thing of like the money side of it, and just kind of the the just you know diving, the, diving and and the way professional footballers are to an extent. It just kind of started to turn me off a little bit more. And just as I got older, Sky I started a lot to, to answer as well. The hype mm, machine that they are as well. Yeah. It's just. You know, I just Sky Sports News in particular. I, I oh. have a fucking hatred of Sky Sports News. Like I don't know what. I just torture. Twenty four hour news coverage in general to me is, is alien. But twenty four hour sports news where you're hearing the same thing a transfer deadline day. It's not man. So I say to fellas, right? I often say to lads, if you were to put, say, for example, Dundalk and Cork, right, in 
the Hawthorns ground mm. or any ground in England because that's what they have they've unbelievable grounds and stadiums yeah. and facilities and all that if you were to say Everton were playing West Brom okay and you were to put Cork City players and Dundalk players in the dressing room on the pitch in Everton's jerseys Cork, wearing Ever- Cork players wearing Everton jerseys and Dundalk players wearing West Brom's jerseys Mm. You'd get every bit as good a game as what you see in most Premier League matches. I don't doubt that at all. And told um, nobody if you told nobody in the crowd, yeah, and let the lads go out and play, yeah, you get it. You'd, I've been to games in England and they've been absolutely horrendous. Some of them. No, obviously there's some good ones, but no, but yeah, the majority. It's, it's exciting. It's probably the most exciting league. But you look at the amount of mistakes in it and mm. the quality of it. It's so far off. But the, the, that's why you look at the Champions League and. Uh, why an English team hasn't been anywhere near yeah. it the last many years like the, the hype machine Absolutely. is something that <coughs> and, and as I said Sky have a lot to answer for that because the hype machine I think rolls in and I mean look no disrespect to, to, to Spanish football no disrespect to Scottish football but essentially those leagues are more or less two, two-sided do you know what I mean two, two, two teams in it every year and that's yeah but I look, like, I look at La Liga and I think there's better quality well, there, with the yeah, lesser teams yeah, there than is better the quality, lesser teams in but, England too. but what I mean is like that You'll only have two teams ever. You'll only ever have a competitiveness for for the, the top of it. Whereas, kind of, yeah, I do agree. There is this kind of thing where the mid level is, it's it's definitely more entertaining. I think, um, and there is probably glorified Scottish Premier Division. Is that what you're saying? Oh, it's all, the Scottish Premier Division absolutely infuriates me. To be honest with you, really? Yeah, oh, man, I just I can't. I, I and can't. Rogers, take it to be fair, has done a great job. Yeah. At Celtic, yeah, but, but I just the I, league I, is, I can't. I like watching Celtic in the Champions League. <laughs> it's been in dire straits the league for a, for. Yeah. A, the worst thing happened was Rangers going out of life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, I, it was it was years ago. Because as bad as and all as it was when they with, with just the two. Yeah. So when it's just the one, it's even worse. Yeah. Let's. I, I remember it was now nah, going back. It was before Rangers went completely by the wayside and all that. Like, but um, Sevco. Shout out to, to Ross Amber and Wayside. But uh, <laughs> Ross, there's the blast of the past. <laughs> yeah. Ross used to play with us at Bray. Bray ah, Bray top Ross. bloke. Ross top bloke. But um, I think Ross is actually funny. His name cropped up the other day as well. Um, a fella says to me, "Oh, there was a there was a man asking for you, and it was Gary, his dad, because Gary was his coach. Yeah, us a break. Gary was sound, sound, yeah. yeah. Um, Very football and family, the Zambras, in fairness. Ah, yeah, <clears throat> they're lovely, yeah. And I know go, go Gary even long before the break. Thing Gary was involved. Mm. Gary was coaching. I think when nobody was coaching. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So you look at everyone now; everyone's a coach. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I think Gary was coaching when nobody was coaching. But yeah. um, but Ross was young player coming through with us." And he never, in fairness, we had a decent team, but he never really got the opportunities. Mm. But you look at Dean playing now, and Dean's a good lad as well. Yeah. But I think Ross was the best of them all. I don't know, should I say that? But <laughs> said it. But Ross, said it them, listen. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dean, but I think Ross was the best of them all. Oh, I mean, killings in the Zambra household now. Yeah, he was very good, Ross. Well, Ross wants to play Leinster Senior League till he's 52. Yeah. And he's, tec- he's, he's technically I bet you a tenor he will as well. Yeah. I, he was, yeah. He just never, in fairness, we did have a good team at the time, but... Um, yeah. He was a good player, Ross. Yeah. yeah. He's a good um, uh, advocate for the League of Ireland as well, Ross. He yeah. won't pick a team mm. anymore since Bray abandoned him. Yeah. Really? Yeah, he'll just go to all random matches. But he'll, he'll um, try and go weekly, though. Yeah. And he follows the Irish team and all their features. It's a bit like me, and I just go to random matches every every week. Yeah. Even yeah. though any chance I get to see Slagger over, I go. But I, yeah, I like yeah. visiting uh, Daily Mount, is probably the ground I like to go. The lovely biscuits I have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to say that yes. nice about Rovers, eh? You didn't you didn't p- pick them in your examples of the Hawthorns. Daily Mount's your favourite ground to go to. This is yeah. absolutely what do you want me to say about it's absolutely ridiculous. <coughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, the, the, <laughs> the point I was gonna say about the, the Scottish League and then we'll, we'll kick on, sorry, was just that 
years ago, uh, I can't remember the Hibs manager's name at the time, but it was... The finish, lad? It was September, and <laughs> Hibs had a bad result, and your mum was like, and I mean, this must really knock the players. And his response was something, and it's not word for word now, but his response was something like, absolutely not. I mean, the battle for third is wide open. And I was like, <laughs> it's September. It's September. And he's talking about the battle for tour. Like, that really, was it for yeah. me. That was it. I was like, no. Nah, realistic. Can, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, sorry, that was, yeah. Um, the the league this year, Cork of, the fact that it's, it's done and dusted, isn't it? I might as well be, yeah. Yeah, so. 17 points, which would suggest. Do you think <laughs> they, do you think they, do you think they got a they got a good advantage because of Dundalk's long extended, <coughs> well less of summer break. They didn't get a summer break. Well, I've now I know for example following Rovers, Ronan Finn didn't really get into the season. Maybe four, five, six games in, and it doesn't seem to. I think Dundalk took maybe five or six games to get into the swing of things as well. Yeah, I think that's a fair comment, Graham. You look at Cork. And I suppose we need to be careful that you're not taking too much away from them. They're going to win the league and they've been the best team this year. So they should be applauded for that. Um, but definitely they were factors. But also added to that, I think John strengthened very well too in the off-season. And this was probably one of the best, if not the best League of Ireland team I've seen. Now I played with a really good Cork? show. No, oh, Dundalk last year. Yeah, yeah. And they were, they were hot on the heels of them for the last three years so they, they should be applauded for that like we've been raving and, and speaking so highly about Dundalk yeah Cork pushed them right to the, to the um, pushed them so close for the last two or three years um, what were you going to say there you played in a team so, what I, so the point I'm trying to make is that because I think you should be applauded for, for hanging in for so long pushing them so close and obviously this year they've overtaken them so that deserves huge credit in fairness now, I think there is factors in what you say in that it was so long the knock season and that obviously there was a bit of a hangover at the start. There was also probably the biggest turnaround of players this year that Stephen Kenny has ever had. You look at the last two or three years, since he's come in first when he had to basically bring in loads of players, but since he's come in the last two or three years, all he's had to do, he's had the nucleus of the squad and all he's had to do is bring in one or two and tweak a couple of things. Now, when I say that, all he's had to do, it's replacing Towel, it's replacing Pat Holden before that. Not easy things to do, but he done mm. it. Whereas this year, you take out Horgan, Boyle and Ronan Finn, three of the best players that they had last year, three outstanding players, and you only have to look at the levels that the two boys have gone on to, and Ronan, who's excellent as well, to see that just how difficult it was this year for him to try and replace them. You take Chelsea, Man United, Liverpool, everyone, um, anyone that's playing at all, any top team, and you take your three best players relative to that league out of it. Of course they're going to struggle. Mm. Look at Chelsea last week when they had no Hazard, Costa, and um, who else was missing for the Matic. Cahill as well. Straight away, like, you know, it's, you're, you're on the back foot. So I think that was difficult for Stephen. Um, but Cork took advantage of that. And obviously they had Shawnee Maguire, which I felt was a massive thing for them last year. I thought he was gone after the cup final. He had such a good season. Scored the winner in the cup final. I was adamant after that match. I says you can forget about Shawnee, he's gone, someone will take a chance on him now. So for them to hold on to him... Till now. Till now, they've done brilliant as well, and that's credit to John too, or whoever was involved in doing that. Um, so I think you have to give Cork massive, massive praise for what they've done in the last two or three years, and it looks like they're going to win the league, as we know, and fair play to them, I think they've been the best team all year. But I still think Dundalk are probably a better team overall. Yeah, and what, you, you were saying they're the team that you played in. Yeah, I was going to say the team we had at Shells, 
Because the, the comes argument, out six, was it? The argument, oh four. Oh four. When the, you won the league, yeah, and La Coruña mm. and all that stuff. Yeah. Because um, the argument then was made with Dundalk after winning three in a row, who was the best team in it? The Rovers four in a row team, and uh, but when we played, there was five or six full time teams, really good full time teams. Like Bose had a great team. Uh, Cork, Cork City had a great team Drada had a good full time team Derry had a brilliant team when Stephen Kenny was there um, the league was far more competitive as well mm. back then I think than what it is now because you look at Cork and Dundalk and they're miles ahead of everyone else you just said there about the Deportivo thing that was I think I remember did we go to the old Lansdowne to watch that yeah, match yeah. 24,000 yeah, the old Lansdowne yeah, I remember that actually Wezzo yeah, running it was up. brilliant yeah. Wezzo ran the whole game he was amazing is Wezzo yeah. the best player you played with Wezzo and Ronan Finn no Ronan was good Wes was the best. Did Ron the best in Ireland. Mm. Did Ron and uh, take your place at UCD? I'd say that's probably fair to say. <laughs> <laughs> the little shit. <laughs> he, had, he had an antagonistic smile on his face. Well, he was, was asking about there. Because it was the second time I went at, in UCD. The first time I was there, um, and they say you should never go back, don't they? Yeah. So the first time I had a great time, and then that was getting the move to Shells at the time, which was a big move. Because uh, Shells were the best team, as I said, mm. the great, and it was a huge move for me. And so things went great the first year. Then Pete Mann took over and brought me back to UCD. And it was going okay, but there was a lot of young lads coming through. There was a really good crop. There was, I think, Bulger might have been. Was James Lee Matthews there? I think he was, yeah. yeah. Right, full, yeah. yeah. Um, Ronan was there, and all these young lads were coming through. And to be fair to Pete, he was honestly pulling me in, and he says, Look, I, I can't hold this young lad back any longer, you know? Mm. Um, which I probably didn't like at the time, mm. but that was his decision, and, and um, he made it. And, and sure, what could I say about it? And obviously, Ronan was highly t- talented at the time. And it was pro- looking back on it was probably the right thing to do because he was young. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you look at managers, and they're not brave enough to put a young fella in, but they wanted to get Ronan into the team because he was doing so well in training. You couldn't keep him out of the team. Mm. They put him in. And look, he's gone on to have a great career and I think Ronan has been one of the best players in the league for the last how many number of years. Brilliant. You played with some fucking heavyweights of League of Ireland in that Shelburne team. Yeah, great players. Owen Harry, uh, Stewie Byrne, Jason Byrne, Byrne. Glenn Crow, Jim Crawford, Ollie Cal, Wes Hoolan. The team was amazing. Yeah. Pat in charge. Pat was brilliant at manager as well. Um, he was so professional even back then and that was at a time probably... It's a, it's a shame, really, because we had four, five, six full-time teams and everybody thought, this is it now, this is when the league is going to kick on, yeah. really, and become proper, professional, functional league, uh, everybody full-time. And it never really happened, but Pat was even probably ahead of his time because everything was so professionally run back then. Like, it was, like people talk nowadays about the strength and conditioning and the fitness levels and the nutrition, but Pat, Pat, Pat had all that. Like We had the gym. That's mad because he wasn't ready to take the job, wasn't he? You know, come for, from being a player to player manager. Yeah, he, I, I joined after. He signed me um, from UCD, but he was a player there and then he took over. Yeah. I think, I think he was there. He could have been there a year or two. I, I'm not sure, Graham, before he signed me. He got, he got stuck in he quick enough young. then. He, was, I, he could have been, now, I don't know the, his exact age, but he was quite young when he took over. Very young, as you see. He was yeah, playing. He, he was, was probably playing, only 33, yeah. 34, maybe. Yeah. Very young. And again, that was a brave decision by Ollie Byrne or whoever to give him the job because um, it's rare that you see a young manager like that getting the opportunity, getting the chance. I think it should happen a bit, a bit more, especially mm. Pat was such a good player. Uh, had all the squad there with him anyway, knew the club inside out. Um, and he was a huge success. You look at the success Shelburne had that time, and it was a great club. As I say, he was run. He was at the forefront of everything. What I liked about Pat as well at the time, and something you might not see now as well, and it goes back to even the chat with Ferguson. 
he was the manager of the team but he was running everything I love that yeah none of these chairmen interfering you see the in England director yeah, of football director of all this nonsense the manager making decisions about as much as he can make mm. running everything and that's what Pat, the Pat was doing at the time it was brilliant and it's that's because uh, this week I think Ollie Bourne yeah. Ten, 10 year anniversary yeah there was a piece in the sun I read actually uh, Owen Couser done a lovely piece with Pat and Owen here. he was a sun character wasn't he Ollie Bourne Ollie Bourne was amazing I was just, when I was reading the piece I was just thinking about some of the things really and at the time it was a difficult one for me because I signed from UCD and as I say it was a massive move for me at the time myself and Glenn Fitzpatrick and another under he was underrated wasn't he Glenn? he was a great player yeah and we had a great team but myself and Glenn signed and, and um, done all the pre-season and it was a huge step up for me, you know. This was this was the team, like this was like going from the bottom. To, but UCD were relegated to the best yeah. team in the league, like it was massive. Um, and done all the preseason, got named in the team and all. And two hours before the kickoff, Pat pulled me into the into the it was actually the, the weights room, and he says I can't play you. And I was like, What do you mean you can't play me? He goes I can't. There's after being an objection put in by UCD, and he says I can't play. He says just let me get the game out of the way, and we'll sort it out in the morning. And he'll be all right then. Eleven weeks later, I made my debut for Shadow. Eleven, 11 weeks. weeks. Went on for eleven weeks. Yeah. What the hell went Jesus. on for eleven weeks? Because it went to a tribunal. It went. The PFEI were involved. I ended up in the high courts. There was people going in with handcuffs in the high courts for obviously committing crimes. And all I want to do was play a game of football. And I'm looking at these fellas saying, "How did I end up here? Just let me play." Because UCD were looking for money, and shells were arguing that I was under 23 and I was only there a year and a half, which I was, and. The compensation rule states that if you're under 23 and you're long two years or more, I'm not sure if it's still the same rule now, but there's compensation, there's a fee to be paid. Well, I was only there a year and a half. That's incredible, yeah. That's so I ended up 11, 11 weeks, yeah. And in fairness to Fran Gavin at the time, he was the head of the PFEI, and only for Fran stuck with me um, and helped me out great throughout the whole 11 weeks and got me back playing. And Pat was brilliant throughout the whole thing because it was such hassle for them as well. He could have easily said, look, I don't need this and... Got rid of you. <laughs> and washed his hands of me or whatever. Mm. But they wanted me, which was great. And Ollie Byrne was the same. And Ollie was absolutely brilliant. I remember getting into a taxi when they finished training with Ollie. And all this was going on. So this was only a few days after, maybe. And this trouble had broken out on the Friday evening. And we were after training in Ross Mini. And we used to get changed in Talca and walk up to Ross Mini. So I come down. We were full-time. So training finished at half 12 or whatever. And Ollie, right, you're coming with me. Into the car. Uh, so... Into a taxi, right? It was a taxi waiting at Talca Park, and we drove around Dublin for about seven hours, going to the FEI's headquarters. That time we're in Merrion Square. Yeah. Into into the FEI, out to UCD, back into Talca Park, back, and I'm in the back of the car with Ali for about seven hours, and the carry on. If we had a camera, it was just unreal. <laughs> what? And like you hell? look at phones now, Graham, right? Yeah. And all your phone numbers are saved under yeah. names. He was like. Teodon, ring Teodon, 086937. <laughs> he just knew numbers. Everybody's number he knew off by heart. No names stored. Yeah, ring him, 097367. Tri- <laughs> Unbelievable. Absolutely amazing. I spent the whole day with him. And only for him then, as I say, it took 11 weeks, which was horrible because the, the team was settled then and Wezzo was, start, was on the right then. Yeah. So how was I going to get him out of the team? <laughs> <laughs> and I was starting ahead of him on the first game of the season. So... The team then was established when I got back playing. Now I play, I still made I think it was nineteen appearances or whatever, and played my part, and we won the league, which was a great time. Mm. Um, but it was just you went from a, such a high of getting yeah. the move, doing all your work in pre-season because I really knuckled down and was I'm really fit, ready to start the season, 
and it was it was a horrible time really. But surely they, they should have allowed to play until it was bloody yeah eleven weeks as opposed to your way around. It was a horrible time, yeah. And Training every day but not being available for Yeah, there was, there was days I was living with Ali Cahill and Dave right. Rogers at the time and it came to the stage where they told me then don't train or you're not to train. So the boys were going out training and I was sitting in the house looking at fucking Jeremy Kyle or something <laughs> going off my head and the boys were going off training and me just pulling my hair out. like it was just. So you couldn't actually train no, okay, for 11 weeks? No, no, I trained for, I'd say, to go to nine weeks out of the 11. All right. But there was a week where they were like, don't train or... That's madness. Yeah. Absolute madness. And only, I can't speak highly enough of Pat and Ollie Byrne at the time. They stuck with me through the whole thing. They could have easily said no and they stuck it out and stuck it out and eventually got me back. But it came, it, the, the day it finished was in the high court. Yeah. That's mental. Um, what have you got against Shamrock Rovers? I don't have anything against Shamrock Rovers. <laughs> Can you not force your political agendas in I here? I never, right? yeah, funny. Um, Talk to me about the state of Shamrock Rovers since my beloved club. Where, where are we going or... And I think the Where stuff, are we I at? think the stuff with Shamrock Rovers now is the off the field stuff is absolutely brilliant. And you look at the academy and the kids and, and what they're doing and the coaches and the standard of people looking after them there. Um, I think it's brilliant and I think you'll you'll see the fruits of that in five, ten years' time. And that's the stuff that all the clubs, I suppose, and and there is other clubs, I know Bows and different teams, um, they probably don't get the credit because there's a lot said about the Shamrock Rovers one. But I know all the clubs are trying to put things in place. And this new 15s, 17s, 19s league as well, they'll help. There's a path mm. we know for clubs. But I would definitely applaud Shamrock Rovers for that kind of stuff. Um, and even you go up to the, to the, to the games and... It, they're trying to create that whole match day experience and, and it's really good like you know I know Con goes in and does the question and answer thing beforehand and Siobhan now is involved up there um, doing great work as well so all that side of things um, I think is brilliant and they're running the place properly and the way it should be run um, and, and they deserve credit for that I think on the pitch it's been hard for Stephen and I've been a little bit disappointed with them I thought they'd do better and I suppose everybody sees Shamrock Rovers and it's not that everybody sees them as the great club and they should be challenging. That's what they tell everyone. It's not that everybody's telling them. They're telling everyone. They're quick to big themselves up So because of the history that they have, which is fine. But bar the success Michael O'Neill has had, it's been a long time since, the, since they were dominant in this country and winning leagues left, right and centre. Um, and I mentioned that about, on I think Soccer Republic last year about a club that's living in the past. Um, yeah, that hurt me. Sorry. <laughs> but that, but bar, as I say, bar the success Michael O'Neill had, which was brilliant success, have they been dominating or have they been winning and have they been doing all the things that they used to do back in the, no. the good times? No, it's, it, it, it's, I think it's about expectation level as well. I mean, this year, the signings of... It's, the squad is fairly young. Yeah. You know, Graham Bourke coming in has been an absolute revelation, I think. He looks a real talent. Yeah. I actually think, and there was a lot of talk about Clark. I think Clark's gone off the boil a lot since all the talk. I think so too, yeah. I think um, that's fair to say. But I think Burke's probably a better talent or better chance. I think Burke's a really good player. But I just look some of it. I question marks over the goalkeeper. I think he's done better lately. But I, I, I wonder if that was down to his uh, naivety about the standard in our league. And I'm basing that purely on him, my nerves going any time he got the ball the first maybe five to ten games of the season. He was he, poor at the He start. always took like an extra touch and waiting for the, uh, the, the forward to come on to him. It's like, just fucking get rid of it. Like. Yeah, he was poor at the start. Um, Centre halves. I'm not mad on at all. What about Lee Grace? Yeah, I think he's been a good signing and he looks a really good player, that lad. But up to now. And I think when Lopez went back the couple of games there before he got injured, you get the, when he, he, he was back on Friday with Grace, that's said they're back. Well, that's a much better partnership and a much better pairing because 
Webster before that, Daniel Devine, they were nowhere near the levels, I think. And I'm, I'm saying the level is Cork and Dundalk. And if you want to get to that level, that's the standard of player that you have, to, you have to have. And I don't think they were at the start of the season. But I think that's a much better pairing. And they were playing Lopez in midfield, which I didn't like at all either. Um, he's a, I think he's a centre-half and he's a better yeah. centre-half. Him and Grace. So him and Grace, I think, yeah, I, think, I think they'll be Grace a good... looks ridiculously comfortable. Yeah, Grace the looks a really on him and prospect. The yeah. centre-back. And Gary Shaw's come on as well. Yeah, again, he's, 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 he needs to score a lot more goals for a striker. And this is the this is the argument I had. Everyone's telling me he's a great lad, and by all accounts he is. I met his dad funny at a match a few weeks ago, and it was really nice because I suppose the stuff we do, and I'd be I'd be fairly forthright in my opinions, and and it's never ever ever personal, and I never would make it because it's just was, a job. was a hard starting mm. that job with most of your mates still playing in the league. No, because because that's the, the one thing I always took from playing. What I used to drive me insane was when a manager wasn't honest with you. I had managers who used to... I had one manager pull me in and I asked him why he wasn't playing. And he says to me, oh, don't worry, you'll be playing next week. And it was such a wishy-washy, shitty answer. Because I'm thinking, how can you say that to me? Give me the honest answer like, well, you're not good enough at the moment. And you're not doing this in training. You're not doing that. And then I can say, well, at least fair enough. These are yeah. things I have to work on. He said this to me, right? And I, in my head I'm thinking, so what if the fella who's playing in my position scores a hat-trick tonight? Am I still playing next week? Yeah. Like nonsense. So I always took from even the playing days. Just be honest. Pat Fenlon was honest. Pat du- Paul Doolan was the same. Brilliant manager. He'd tell you straight out what you're not doing, what you are doing. Brilliant honesty. And that's all you want. And I always said that if I ever went into management or coaching, you'd be honest with fellas. And this is something similar. Um, and I just tried to call it, call it as it is. As I say, I do my research, I do my homework, I do my notes, I go to the matches. And I just be honest. And it was difficult because I've had fellas turn their head now to me three yeah. or four times. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like really... Um, but that that stuff doesn't bother me. Like I'm just there. Like as I say, it's never personal. It never would be. Um, and if fellas want to be like that, but funny. I, sorry, the, the story I was going to tell you. I met Gary Shaw's dad up at a match, oh, yeah. and it was with. I was with Johnny Ward, and I'm good mates with Johnny. And we were up watching the match. I don't know who they were playing at the time, but we were up Johnny Ward from Fair City. No, Johnny. You know, just the, the League of Ireland podcast. Oh yeah, John. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's Fair a great City. podcast actually yeah it's very good John. Johnny's a great character and Johnny does um, he's, he writes for the race, for the independent as well the racing correspondent but he's a great lad big Galway fan loves the league as well I think he got a lift back on the bus were you on that bus Saturday? no we drove in a car well he got a lift back on the Rovers bus he said the crack was 90 yeah I've t- I seen a tweet from the East End podcast the Rovers fans podcast okay. and saying, Johnny, saying a Galway fan has just come on the bus Johnny yeah <laughs> uh, but he's a great character but Johnny was friendly with Gary Shaw's dad so we're in having a cup of tea and he came up to me at half time and introduced me and he was an absolute gentleman right. and here is me thinking like I've been critically or so and some of them like people are so sensitive and as I say three or four lads have turned their head to me but he was all chat and he was absolutely a gentleman I have to say and but the problem I, I not that the problem just with Gary I just don't think he's at the level of a Macmillan or of a Maguire and that's the level that you're, you're talking about and trying to get to but I do agree he's done a lot better this season but I don't ever see him scoring 20 goals like they do Lads we're running out of time but before we let you go Al there's two things that we want to ask um, the first one being and I'm asking both of you with this and it's purely coming from an angle of as everybody who listens now is I'm, I'm more rugby and all that but the uh, the Pro 12 
the the rugby league. Just want to get your opinion on that. If uh, it's expanded to fourteen teams, who? who? <laughs> what is it? What? No. Right. So the, the Pro Twelve expanded to fourteen teams, right? And people are so saying, are you taking the no, piss? let me finish the question, Graham. For God's sake, right? And what I'm saying it's is, a football football I think I know where going. what I'm going to ask is, use also following a league that has its criticism and has its issues. Right, the Pro Twelve are taking steps. It's expanded to Pro Fourteen. They're bringing in a, a conference system and all this to try and improve it. What can the League of Ireland do to try and boost attendances? To try, if you were given basically a magic wand to kind of one thing. Well, I'm looking at the time now, right? And I told you what time I need to be out. Here. <laughs> and if you had to ask me this an hour ago when we started, We'd be still I'd still be talking about this. Yeah. So I'm never going to answer in. 30 seconds or a minute. Yeah. The quick fix would be to get rid of people's subscription to Sky Sports, in my opinion. I think people... Is that a realistic thing, though? But I th- no, it's not realistic. Oh, yeah. But I think people... I think Irish football fans are pissing in the wind uh, because they are... Is there a snobbery, though, from League of Ireland fans that no. alienates real football fans? No, I think Sorry, that's an excuse. I think that's an excuse. I think football fans, and it's not really a criticism of them, but what people call the bar stealers, I think they just like watching football with the touch of a button in their homes. Right. I don't think they like the idea of going to a cold stadium or a cold arena or whatever to watch a football match. Yeah. Um, the facilities obviously can be better, but me being a wheelchair user, the facilities have, are always shy. This country's mm. shy infrastructure for, <laughs> for wheelchairs, but it doesn't stop me from going to bleeding matches. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I'm not really buying the facilities one either. Once you have a toilet and... Uh, something to drink or whatever do you know what I mean I, think I just love live sport do you know what I mean I love going out watching I, I do think the, f- the facilities could be a whole lot better like I was down in Turner's Cross on Friday night on the ground I think that's the minimum standard that we all should be aiming towards the ground they have Turner's Cross yeah it's excellent it's mm. just what we just ideal for Tallis Stadium's excellent as well yeah there, there's only three I find in the league that <coughs> I think is Turner's Cross Shamrock Rovers and Sligo Rovers they're the only three grounds. Everyone else is crowned. They need to take a good, serious, long look at themselves. Yeah. They're horrific. The best team in this country and one of the best teams we've ever seen, their ground is a, a dump. Oreo Park. Park. Yeah, it is an absolute shit. Mess for wheelchair users. It's an absolute dump. <laughs> yeah. um, and that, that all plays into the perception from the outside. And, and even like when we, we have games on telly and all and people view it like um, visually, it just looks terrible at times, yeah, you know, yeah. from that. But as I say, if... if to answer your question, I'd be here all night. But <laughs> fair, there is lots right. of things to be done. To be, and, but even the, the likes of people who support Man United or Liverpool or any of them and want to watch, if that's what they want to do, good luck to them. I yeah, wouldn't be I'm against them. No, them I wouldn't all, be against no. them. Or cri- and if yeah. that's what they want to do, like, target the people that maybe that are not watching that, or even if they are watching that and they still might like to come down and watch a League of Ireland match. But here, here's, a, here's an example, a recent example, right? I went to Galway last Friday for Rovers and Galway. And in the way end, Rovers got a last minute winner. And last minute winners in all matches are just amazing. Amazing, yeah. Like, I mean, you can't beat. There's, you not, can't there's beat nothing it. better in football than a last minute. Oh, winner. it was abs- And being one one behind yeah. with 15 minutes to go to get one back and then score the winner. And I was hugging randomers and kissing. Ra- Someone tweeted so there's nothing me, "Nothing new in that, Graham." <laughs> if I don't get a hug and a kiss walking out this door, <laughs> someone the Rovers fan that we I hugged and kissed tweeted me, like, "Nice to meet you, finally." You know. Uh, randomly hugging I seen that tweet Rui yeah. Dunster that was one of them I think was it there's a fella at Rui Dunster I think right. that's some memory that for me now tell you, yeah. that is some memory you weren't lying when you said you do your research, I research. <laughs> but the, the point I'm making right I, that, I had that 
euphoric moment. The adrenaline was rushing mm. on Friday night. Then I come home and my dad and my brother, my dad like, got me into Shamrock Rovers, doesn't go anymore, but two avid Man United fans, and they're running amok in the fucking sitting room when United score, just the two of them, when the night before, I'm You're hugging randomers in a euphoric moment, the flares are out, fucking pandemonium. Do you know? And it's like, yeah. just come out, come yeah. with me. Because there's great games, there's games I go, go to and and like that, the crowd and the passion, the Bulls Shamrock Rovers matches are absolutely. If, you, if there's one game to go to, go to Bulls Shamrock Rovers. There's no atmosphere like it, I don't think, in the That's league. It's unbelievable. Like the last one there when Akinada scored the goal. Unreal. That was right in front of me. Unbelievable atmosphere. I'm I was a, sitting up and it was like Richie was with me, Richie Sadler, and we're sitting there. And I said to Richie, This is brilliant. I said, This is because you could sense a buzz and an energy, and there was noise everywhere and non stop. It was brilliant. That's what the now there's games that you go down there and it could be like a library, yeah. but but you get that in every league. But that, yeah, you that's get that with Leinster as well. If you were to go to a game, Dan, that's the one. The flares, yeah, yeah, or nay. I don't mind flares. I think they're great. Yeah. I think they are brilliant. <laughs> Adds to it, like Adds so, the atmosphere. But the, bow, the Rovers Bowers match, both ends had flares. Brilliant. In Daily Mount as well this year. Fi- and then, the pictures were amazing. Sure, then they're finding them. It's ridiculous. Now, one, now that, but while I know the rule is in place that the clubs are getting fined for it, I think the fellas are silly doing it because it's your club getting fined. Yeah, because it's your club, yeah, exactly. But, but the rule itself is ridiculous because they should be allowed create as much atmosphere as possible Absolutely, right? it's not it. dangerous like, but. We, we, we have to let you leg it Al so very quickly then I would have loved to spend more time talking about this and we could the next person we yeah. could yeah. Say, um, big, World Cup, big World we'll Cup qualifiers yeah, big World Cup qualifiers coming up we've got Georgia and Serbia very quickly what do we reckon what, what's the best set of results we can play for from Wales are playing uh, sir, now Wales are playing Austria. Austria. The draw there, I presume, is, is golden. Yeah, we're for in us. an unbelievable position, and O'Neill has done. I'm not mad on him or the football, but you can't argue with the results and the position mm. we're in. It's absolutely amazing. Um, but I think these are the big ones coming up now. Yeah. And we've done all the hard work to get ourselves into this position, but now the onus is on us because we've uh, the games at home against the big boys to go out and try and obviously get three points and. I think the Georgia one's going to be tricky. Georgia passed us off the park here. Yeah. yeah. In the last, when they played. Serbia, obviously, are an unbelievable team as well. Um, so it will be tricky. But funny, just the last thing I'll tell you, I went to the Euros in France, right? Mm. And just listening to you telling that story, Graham, about the fans jumping. It was the first time I was at a match where, where we went bananas, basically. Right? Yeah. It was the best atmosphere and experience I ever had because you're just over there as the fan, Joe Soap, running amok with everybody. And we're, when they scored against France, Brady, they got the penalty first, place mm. went bananas. Then they scored, place went mental. Then you look at the clock and you're thinking, there's only two minutes gone here, lads. We've 88 <laughs> minutes to go of getting battered into the goals. And the first half, they were unbelievable. Boy, yeah. Yeah. Two or three up. It was the best I ever seen Ireland play. I never felt as emotional watching a match in all my life. I was crying at the end. It was, I never had an experience like it. It was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. The effort and the, the I know they get stick and even the RT studio and the lads and they'd be giving them sticks sitting in the studio watching the match. When you're there watching the match and James McLean running up and down the line like like his life depended on it. Yeah. Shane Long the same in the 30 degrees heat. I was tired looking at them. <laughs> I wanted to go down and give them a hug at the end of the match. They just ran yeah. out of steam. The second half they were gone because that the euphoria of weddings tonight against Italy and then to try and repeat that on the Sunday as well. It was the most unbelievable experience and to top it off they all came over at the very end to the corner and Ireland had only six or seven thousand fans 
because uh, remember France wouldn't give us the tickets. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they had six, and they must have had sixty thousand. And they were looking down to the corner, thinking, "You've just been beaten, and you're singing your hearts out <laughs> yeah. for these lads." Yeah. And the, and the players, I, it was the most amazing moment ever at a match. The players stood and looked, and they were there for ten minutes, I'd say, at least. Goosebumps. Yeah. And grown men crying, like bawling, yeah. looking down at them and roaring, singing, and they're looking up, nearly crying. I'd say, and they're and you're roaring down, they're looking up. It was just an unbelievable. My godfather experience. lost his phone in the in the crowd during that match, and some randomer gave it to him, gave it back to him, and the randomer had taken pictures of my godfather and his friends throughout the course of the match. Just gave it back to him. That's mad. Yeah, that's and unbelievable. My godfather was showing me only recently. Yeah, he was like, look at this. And there was pictures of me going for fucking running them up. Oh, Graham, it was the most amazing experience. I went with, actually... It's uh, a regret that I didn't go. Alan Mann, Pete, Pete's son, Alan, I used to play with at UCD, the two of us went. Um, it was just... It was the best memory ever of, of a football match. It was unbelievable. Will we make the World Cup? Hopefully, but I, I don't know when I go to Russia. But are you confident yeah. we'll make it? No. I you know, no. Even in the position, we're in a good position. Yeah. If, I, we I get, if we get four points from these two games... Yeah, but I think we're... That's a big ask. No, I know, but that's like that's. I think we'll I'm, be lucky to I'm get a draw in both games. I think we'll get a draw in Georgia, and I think I don't think we'll beat Serbia either. Two draws, I think we might get. We beat Wales. I think we might beat Wales. Yeah. Yeah. See, it's the expectation going into some of these matches where you're thinking, "Oh, we're going to do it, we're going to do it," and then mm. I, ju- I just think I just think the performances have been horrendous. Like yeah. you can talk about the points all you want, which is the most important thing, and and they've been brilliant. And Martin O'Neill will turn around. The first thing he'll say to people is. Yeah, you can, stick, like, your, you can yeah. stick your argument up your arse because look at the points but you can't keep going on with them performances and getting results it has to blow up in your face at some point and the performances have been absolutely chronic mm. and I look back at that match in France and they were unbelievable yeah. so, so this argument that they can't play like that yeah. they can't play like that every one of them can play like they, that they, they, if they've they're encouraged it. to go out and play it they've showed it they were unbelie- that first half against France they were unbelievable yeah. and, even and the you look at Brady Hendrick McCarthy that was the three in the middle brilliant you had McLean Long and you had Walters up front and it was brilliant yeah. Hendrick hasn't done much though, since the Euros hasn't he no, no he's gone off the boil massive he played alright against Chelsea though I think maybe that the, there is an argument to say that court case thing might have been playing on his mind Possibly, naturally yeah. So, yeah. and as you say since that's been sorted out he's been a lot better so hopefully because I really thought he was brilliant in the Euros yeah. and I thought he'd really kick on so hopefully this might be the air for him I'm a big fan of Brady. Coleman's mm. a huge loss. Coleman's amazing. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. what a lad. What a captain. What a great, great He seems like just a great bloke as well. He is a great bloke. I mean, yeah. He's one of the best you'll ever come across. Mm. Does it, just going back to the last question, does, does it sadden you a bit that you never got to play for Sligo? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah, it was very, very close. Oh, I agreed wow. a deal with Paul Cook and there was no form to sign. I shook hands with him and all. I went up to the office and there was no form to sign. And it was a bit of a mess, to be honest. And I went back up to Dublin and then a phone call came from Pats. And it was, it was a better deal and it was better for me situation because of where, we, obviously where I was living. Mm. Um, but I would have loved to play for Sligo Rovers. And what was it like playing with Padre Flynn? Padre Flynn was probably, <laughs> probably the biggest shithead I ever played for. Uh, Padge, I have great time for Padge. He's great. We used to travel down in the car to Waterford, myself, Padge, and James Chambers. And I used to eat hunky dories to bait the band, but I was still the best pair of training every night. <laughs> and the matches, he'll tell you that himself. And we had, the car was the crack we used to have the three of us in the car. They were great times. Waterford, yeah, them, them trips down. Yeah. Uh, and Gareth Cronin was in charge as well at the time. We, we, Waterford was a really good spell. Padge, great lad. I have a lot of time for him. Um. Didn't Gareth Cronin sack him over the radio? Really? Yeah. Padge? Jesus. 
I don't sent know off in the playoff final against Finn Harps. Then he got the Padre Flynn getting sent off. Never play for my team again. Doesn't sound like Padge sent off. That can't be right. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't sound like Padge at all. Yeah. Um, uh, We will have to get you back on again, man. Because I've I've loved this. Um, Be here all night. Yeah. Now we're in the plush surroundings that affects Patrick's hotel in Killarney. Let's go and have a few uh, cocktails. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If people aren't already following on social media, where can they get you? Alan Caw. Yeah, I don't know why I even come up with that username. That was the, <laughs> it was when I got on Twitter, not even thinking about a username, never thinking Twitter would ever become what Twitter is. <laughs> so it's Alan Caw, A L A N C A W. And Perfect. where you can get you on Game On? Monday. Game On, we're on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Lovely. 2 FM, 7 to 8, and Soccer Republic as well. You're great on the uh, betting council thing on a Friday, aren't you? We've a good bit of crack with that. Ah, the show is great with you, yeah. 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 Brilliant. Al, it's been an absolute Thanks pleasure. For your time, Al. Absolutely, you, pleasure. Thanks a million, lads. Thank you. Al Carly, absolute gent. Uh, we're at WTS Pod on Twitter, Facebook.com forward slash WTS Pod Ireland. You can check out WTSPod.com or subscribe on iTunes, uh, subscribe on Android, everywhere and anywhere there's a podcast, lads. Just search WTS Pod and we're there. Give us a few reviews, lads. Don't be afraid. Don't Do be shy. Give it. us a few reviews on iTunes and Podbean and Podcast Republic and wherever you everywhere. subscribe. Wherever you subscribe, lads. Don't be afraid to give us an hour review or share it around. You know what I mean? What like, happens when they give us a review again? It it just helps. It helps my self esteem. It goes up in the ratings, though, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. Yeah, it helps us. Like this week, for example, we we were punching above our weight yet again, beating yeah. RTE, beating BBC, beating American podcasts. The more reviews like, we get, the more you know we open the ratings. Lena Dunham. Lena Dunham is like an Emmy winning actress who has a podcast and she's been on a host of Hollywood shows and we're ahead of her. Buzzing. Thanks for listening. So thank you lads. Really appreciate it. And don't forget to pop up to Fitzpatrick Castle here in Cloyne. You go to fitzpatrickcastle.com for more. You're at American Mania. You're at Dan Joe Murray. We're at WTS Pod. And uh, that's it. Until next week. Clear eyes, full hearts. And lose. Too sweet. Good luck. <laughs>